1981, there was a murder so shocking that it changed the entertainment world forever, yet the killer was never brought to justice. Now, almost 40 years later, we're reopening the case, reviewing old leads as well as new evidence, to try and make sense of a killing which gave rise to a massacre. The who, what, why, and how of when video killed the radio star. Welcome to the Radio Star Murders. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Radio Star Murders. We're going to be talking music videos. We break them down on this show. My name is Wes Teasel. I'm joined by Clay McCormick. Clay, this is my week. I chose the song and I have chosen for our listening pleasure uh, 1985's Tears for Fears Shout uh, video. It's written this band, by... This band should have been called Teeth. Teeth Teeth for Shouting uh, was the original <laughs> name of the band. Emotional, emotional Teeth. <laughs> so I mostly... Uh, I know that this is... We're supposed to be doing this as like a music video analysis type thing. I, mm. I will admit freely that a lot of my choices tend to sometimes just be driven by the song, really. Like I'm, not, I'm unfamiliar with the video, so I pick the song that I'd, I'd like to talk about, and then we just kind of segue into the video with it. But um, I wanted to choose this one because I really have gotten into this album recently. Uh, mm. I think there's a argument to be made. It's maybe... You know the way that... Um, Nirvana's Nevermind could be seen as like the album that defined the 90s. I think this album could kind of be seen as the album that defines the 80s in a lot of ways. Really? Yeah, it's really good. Um, there's only like eight songs on it, but four of them are singles. Um, it has that 80s sound to it. And mm-hmm. 80s pop tends to get this sort of like, you know, how we talked about on the Star Trek podcast, how Kirk, Captain Kirk kind of has a cultural impact that is not really representative of what the character was on the TV show. Like he's seen yep. a different way. I think that eighties pop is seen that way at this point where people kind of poo poo it and toss it to the side. And it's actually probably my favorite era of pop music. Um, yeah. I think that it, songwriting in the eighties was really strong and really good. And mm-hmm. there was a musicality to the production that was still kind of sparse but it wasn't this bombastic modern pop thing where everything is just crunched down and then compressed uh, all the way up and then they just maximize it to like, you know, negative one decibel so that everything is just loud and in your face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was still kind of a musicality even to the synth stuff that they were doing in the <clears throat> 80s. And I think this song and this band and this album is one of my favorite albums. And I think it really accomplishes all of that. I really like this song and I really like the album. Well, not not to sound like an old man. But uh, um, I, the, I think the difference is that in the '80s they were still musicians. Like That's a true. lot of pop, a lot of pop music now is is not that the people making it are not musicians, but it's they have producers it's very, involved. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. very producer forward. Um, and this stuff, the the guys making this stuff were actually they could play instruments and they were writing songs and they were they were good at it. Like uh, I did the same thing. I always poo pooed. 80s music as being just you know garbage and whatever especially like duran duran i would always think of duran duran as nothing more than a punchline mm-hmm. and then i sat down and i listened to duran duran those guys are fucking good yeah that's a good. great band well you it's going to tie into my the way i talk about this video i don't want to do it yet but mm-hmm. the 80s aesthetic ruins people's perception of the music that's fair that's very fair yeah and i think duran um, duran is kind of duran duran is seen as like this sort of like 
pretty boy Hollywood-esque pop music thing, but they actually mm-hmm. write really great pop music. It's like they're a great right. band, but their image looks kind of ridiculous. And I think that Tears for Fears suffers the same thing. If you if you listen to this album and the song, you think one thing, and then if you watch their music videos, you go, oh, God. Oh, God. Yes. Like, what, what, what? <laughs> that's a really good way to put it, yeah. That, that's, that's kind of what it is. Just listen to the album. <laughs> Don't watch the videos for this stuff, and you'll be uh, impressed. Although I will say that these guys, I've been watching uh, modern shows of theirs on YouTube. They've aged very well. They look they oh, look really good, good now in their in their late fifties. But back when this is going on, uh, who knows? What would you think of the song? I've talked enough. Um, I like oh, I the song. Do, I should do the introduction, I guess. Too. I, yeah. I'm sorry, I yeah, forgot. Yeah. In the mid-1980s, the uh, this is my explanation of the video. In the mid-1980s, the love child of Jerry Seinfeld and John Cryer wanders with some other guy on a deserted beach, shouting into the void. After a brief musical segue, we move inside, where the band brings a high school high school ca- talent show audience on stage for a sing-along. And that's pretty much it. So what did you think of the song, Clay? Um, I like the song. I've always liked the song. I haven't really explored much of their other stuff before. Um, I'd, I'll be interested. I'll probably go back and listen to that album, though, because uh, uh, apparently it's better than Purple Rain is what I'm hearing from you. <laughs> it's, um, it, is more, it is more quintessential of what the 80s sounded like, I think. Purple okay, Rain is fair. obviously a better album. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I think I understand what you mean. Um, the, the really interesting thing about this video for me is, it, you know, I, I, I feel like the thing that's slowly emerging as we do this or maybe quickly emerging is that there is there seems to be a... a limited sort of classification system for different types of videos. Um, And we've kind of hit a lot of them so far. And this one is one that is very much quintessentially 80s, um, which is it's not a live performance video. I guess it kind of becomes one at the end. But the the thrust of it is um, lip syncing in a cool place. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Duran Duran also does this. Uh, we'll probably get to one of those videos at some point. Those videos are great, but it's it's a lot. You know, you go to a, a great a high production value place like uh, the these English. I'm assuming English mountains or wherever they are. Yeah, they're on cliffs, some kind of cliffs of Dover or whatever. <laughs> and uh, you know, you just it's kind of like uh, this feels like the prototype for like the pure mute pure moods commercial where it's just a lot of like earthy uh beautiful vistas and some sort of kind of emotional music and it it oddly works really well even though all it is is just these two guys yelling in front of a in front of a hill (laughs) yeah well there's a lot of it's them yelling into the ocean um yes but also they shoot it in a lot of different ways so there's the one where the guy is sort of behind the other one and they're off they're you know they're like a 45 degree angle but they're both looking in the same direction and then there's one where the overlay is the guy's face is sort of photoshopped over the the ocean Mm. and he's singing um as you mentioned it's very distracting because they're not particularly attractive dudes and their teeth are very odd looking they're kind of they're both kind of odd looking guys at this point in their lives and so the the focus becomes looking at their weird faces i think over anything else and it's and it's interesting because they don't, you know, like if you watch like a Motley Crue video or like the Queensryche video or whatever, there's a visual component to the band that is very important that they're trying to get across in these in these videos. But this one, it looks like they just showed up in the clothes they were wearing, and just you know after they got off their shift uh, working as a substitute teacher or something, and just <laughs> shot this music video. Yeah, and th- there's like no. <clears throat> um, curated aesthetic to the way they look 
Uh, and it's it's a really interesting thing that happens in early music videos where the visual component has not been completely considered. Like I, I'm going to have to watch some of these guys' other vid- other videos that come after this and see uh, if, if they you, change at all. If you watch, I think they're all kind of the same. I would if the other video to watch that I would recommend from them is Head Over Heels because it is similarly sort of goofy and it it takes a great song and when you watch the video you go this I don't know what to think about this anymore because the video doesn't seem to be taking the song as seriously as it should. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm watching it right now without the sound on, and it's it's a strange video. I'm, I'm, tear, shout! I'm watching Shout again with the with on mute, and it's it, it's a uh, it's an interesting experience without the music. So if I were to, if I were to go deeper on this, I would say mm-hmm. that Shout is an interesting video that actually does sort of capture what the song is about in both a misconception way and a real kind of way. So the popular conception of the song is that it's kind of an an emo song like it's mm-hmm. sort of saying like get your feelings out or whatever like it's it's better to unbottle and shout shout let it all out and like let your emotions out and you're feeling very emotional about this and that's kind of what the the cliffs of dover stuff represents it's like yelling into the emotional void and no one's mm. hearing you kind of thing however the lyrics of the song aren't really about that it's really more of a um call to action song than anything and mm. what it, what's funny is that when it moves into the segue of the crowd singing along with them, that actually, to me, summarizes what the song is more about than anything. And it's weird that they put that emotional disconnect at the front. Although I do yeah. think that the song has an emotional disconnect of like you being on your own and protesting your own kind of beliefs and stuff like that. But the the call to action thing is summarized my, more by there's like grandmothers and little kids in the audience at the, in the second half. And like there's people from all walks of life singing along to this song, which is about walking your own path not listening to authority figures and it's more political than it is an emotional song to me anyway yeah and i i actually you know on first watch i was thinking wow this is this kind of weird like it's it seemed kind of disjointed that they were out in the world in the in nature and then they're doing this like hey jude sing along thing at the end but uh i actually think it works really nicely because it, it matches the crescendo of the end of the song and which it, is a long kind, song for a video it's it like is over it's surprisingly six minutes, yeah. long yeah yeah um, but yeah, it, 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 it sort of like works in two, in two stages, uh, thematically. And it, I, I think it, what you're saying is true. It is kind of a call to action where the first part of it is them, you know, expressing this call to action. And then the end is like, you know, the, uh, I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore thing where everybody's joining in at the end. I think it works pretty well. Yeah. As weird as it is where it's clearly like everybody, their family probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the amount of like same to similar ages, but with a few older people and some kids, I'm like, all right, this is definitely like uncles, cousins, and and nephews and nieces and stuff. That's yeah, fr- friends and friends and family of the band have joined to, uh, to do this yeah. sort of sing along and stuff like and, that. You know, it's uh, looking at uh, if you compare this kind of video to say the Queensrÿche video, or or um, is that the only like live performance one we've done so far? I guess it kind of is. Um, oddly. I think again, it's it's a it's a it's a thing of the '80s where people were focusing on different things. Even though this has a live performance quality to it at the end, it's focused, like I said, more on people just sort of like lip syncing in a mood setting, and they seem to do that a lot more with these bands that are um, not necessarily known for instrumentation. Yes. Like you, know what's I, weird I don't about, think... you know what's weird about well, I'll, I'll <laughs> say it quickly and go back to you. Yeah. My favorite part of this song, uh, the video, 
is the interlude between the beaches and the sh- sing-along is a sort mm. of close-up of the instruments playing because they have this little musical interlude break. Yeah, yeah. And what's funny is I don't when I hear Tears for Fears, I don't associate it with real instruments. It sounds exactly. very yep. electronic, but they are yeah. when you see them played on video, you're like, oh, it's clearly the bass is playing that baduga don't don't line, and then the keys are playing over and stuff. But it's the video is funny because it highlights that they are actually a band and it's not just this electronic sort of synth thing going on. It is synth pop, but it's it's not a totally electronic divorced from instrumentation thing. Yeah, exactly. I don't when I <clears throat> when I listen to this song or listen to this band, I don't think of uh guitars and drums and 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 keyboards actively being played. And as much as you do with like a heavy metal band or, or a classical, a classic rock and roll kind of band. Even you too um, and stuff like that. That sounds, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that they've, they've found this sort of like middle ground for these groups where it's, it's very much um, image focused, but they do kind of tack on. Cause I, I, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think Duran Duran does much per, live performance stuff. I think it's mostly just them in like a location lip syncing and stuff for the videos you're talking about yeah yeah for, for yeah. the videos so yeah. it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting looking comparing these to other uh to see who what direction these groups choose to go in especially because this one i wouldn't think of like i don't think of tears for fears as like an image conscious band or even a band i don't really know what i think of them to be honest with you i guess <laughs> i guess just a couple of guys is kind of what i think of so maybe it's very it- accurate <laughs> I think it's just a couple of guys with huge hair and huge teeth, basically. It's like, that's yeah, the... I mean, I, in that case, it does a very good job of representing the band. <laughs> it's, And I guess I'll just finish on the point of the 80s. Like the, I think that the, the pop songwriting and the instrumentation on this album is really fantastic. I love the way it sounds. I think production is really slick. I like their voices. I like the way that they duet with each other. Or they sort of like layer their voices on top of each other. And... The the song in this album works better if you do not see them. Seeing them mm. is such an artifact of the '80s that it's like this is that like were they, you wonder were they cool in context of the time? Like were people watching this right. and like look at how cool these motherfucking guys are? Like they looking back on it now feels totally different from looking at something like a um, Guns and Roses video where you could be like right. I can understand why these guys would be considered cool back then and they're still kind of cool now. But Tears for Fears is really in that sweet spot of the 80s where the fashion is bad, the look is bad, uh, the music was very good, unfortunately. And then all this other aesthetic stuff kind of knocked the music off its pedestal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be interested moving forward, especially when we when we talk about other videos from this kind of era. <clears throat> which ones choose to go more look at the band playing instruments and which ones go more look at the band? This would this you know? this band made a mistake by inserting themselves into the music videos to the way that they did. Like this is a, I was trying to if I were to reshoot this one, I, it would be one of those videos I would just put like a clip montage of political stuff on top mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. um, and you, maybe you'd add some other kind of story narratives. But it's it's not really it's a, not a narrative song, so you can't have a narrative video to it that would make sense. I don't think. Yeah, and I, I that's. The the musical interlude actually kind of that that stood out to me in that aspect where there is no real story to this video. So what do you do? What sort of story do you tell over that part that doesn't have any lyrics to it? And so here they chose to just do close ups of the of the instruments playing. And it's it yeah, I guess it's it's fine. But it, it does it does bring forward the fact that 
this style of video generally does not have a narrative. And so right. you have to think about how do you fill the time and what do you what images are you trying to to present um, when there's no musical story to go with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But we'll wrap it up there. I would recommend everyone listen to this. It's called Songs from the Big Chair. came out in 1985 by Tears for Fears. Had the hit singles Mother's Talk, Shout, Everyone Wants to Rule the World, Head Over Heels, and I Believe. It is their best-selling yeah. album to date. And there's only three other songs on it, so it's one of those albums that every song is basically like a hit. Um, you know you know what album, not to go completely off topic, really, but you know what album I am constantly amazed is like front to back, nothing but hits? is the first Boston album. Yeah, Have first you ever Boston looked at one. the track listing for the Boston album? Holy same with, shit. Same with the Cars debut, is that that yeah. way too. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I would say, I don't know, I think this one might, uh, you, uh, you put this up against uh, Sports by Huey Lewis for the album of the <laughs> 80s. I think there might be a, a, bit of a, a bit of a fight there. The, um, the, car, the Cars had that great joke about like, they were like, well, are you guys going to release the greatest hits? And they're like, just buy our first album. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's that kind of thing. But yeah, those albums are, um, there's, it is a special thing when the albums are jam packed with stuff. It's just like, wow, it's, it's not just a one hit or a two hit thing. You actually had a whole album here where you guys were basically knocking everything out of the park. And then you get to like their fourth or fifth album and you're kind of like, oh, these yep. guys are still doing it, huh? Mm, still out there, still acting, still doing that stuff. But that's it. Songs from the Big Chair. We did the song Shout by Tears for Fears. Thank you very much. Clay, do you have your uh, your next video lined up? Do you want to announce it now or we have to think about it? I, I think so. Man, there's so many I want to do. Uh, I had like a, a bunch of them in, in mind for the next one. But I think, I think we're going to jump to the 90s again. And do uh, "Run Around" by Blues Traveler. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good to me. I do That's like. All I, I have to say about I, that. I, I do like Blues Traveler, so we'll, we'll be interested. Uh, is, is has enough time passed where one can comfortably say I like Blues Traveler, <laughs> <laughs> or is that if we now officially entered middle age? Now we're like, no, yeah, man, Blues Traveler is great. My father I, bought the album. He had the the green neon background with a cat. Yeah, cartoon with a cat, cat on it. I yeah. had it on cassette. Yeah. I can't remember if I mentioned this on on the Bohemian Rhapsody uh, podcast, but I uh, we, we the, that movie came up uh, at Thanksgiving dinner this past year, and my aunt was talking about how she, how she saw Queen at the Boston Garden in the seventies, and I was like, oh man, that's so awesome. And she said, yeah, I was there to see Billy Squire, but Queen was pretty good too. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's me being like yeah man blues traveler not a bad band that's right everyone everyone comes into their own thing you just have to shout shout let it all out these are the <laughs> albums that we want to talk about uh that's it songs from the big chair the band is tears for fears the song is called shout you guys should check out the album it is a recommendation and i chose this video mostly because of the album i wanted to recommend it so but we'll be back with blues traveler uh you want to support the show there is all the social media links down below. You can go to patreon.com slash the Penske file because this show is a part of a whole bunch of other shows. And then you can do oh, the PayPal we didn't thing do, uh, and the t-shirts. Sorry, that? we didn't do, is this video successful or not? I think this video, uh, you go first. Um, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't know if this video necessarily boosts the song no it's i i think this video i don't even think it's a bad video but i think that this video knocks the song down a little bit like it's better yeah. as i've said it's better to listen to this album and song without seeing them perform it in a video yeah i would agree i would say that this in this case this video does not help the song yeah 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 even though i think it thematically kind of works it's really right. done in by the cheesiness of the production techniques at the time um 
just the way they look and the way that they overlay things and the way that everything is set up and shots is kind of silly. It's like it's like six minutes of one of those photographs where it's it's got you small in the foreground and then like a slightly less op- less opaque version of you larger in the background, mm-hmm. like a Russian you know nesting doll. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's exactly what you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's it. So we both kind of agree that the music video does end the song. So it is uh, not a case of video killing the radio star. You can check out all the, the uh, links down below, Facebook, blah, 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 Twitter. There's all Patreon, there's PayPal, there's the merchandise store. And then that's about it. Guys, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week with Blues Traveler, it sounds like. If we're not, it'll just be because we pulled the, uh, the ripcord at the last moment. But it should be Blues Traveler. <laughs> we will see you in a couple of days. See ya.